Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Sander Lanch podcast. Today, we are talking about the Bands of Mourning, chapters 14, 15, and 16, wherein Marissa and Wayne escape from a hit in the cemetery, Wax overhears some interesting stuff and then gets framed for murder, and Wayne and Marisai pay a little visit to uh, a new character with, a, with an odd collection. And then they all have to leave town before, you know, the cops catch them. The I'm Data, and with me is... Dak. And Jamie. Yep, no Joe today. Uh, he's going to try to send in some stuff for us that I can cut into the episode, but I don't know if he's going to get it in or not. So you may or may not hear some Joe feedback as we progress, but um, hang on to something, everybody. The Sander Lanch is about to begin. Revolution holds us bound. Come on down to London town. Break your back for class and crown. Come on down to London town. Steam train running on a reckless rail. Speeding right into the rising gale. Shovel harder because we're on your tail. London's bloody crime. So, yeah. What did you guys think of the three chapters that we read this time? These were pretty fun. Still seems like there's a bit of setup going on, but there were a few like fun little bits in here. Wayne impersonating death. It had me going for a second there. But, uh, that, but that bit was really cool. It was actually just interesting for once to not be in the heads of the main characters. Like, here's this side character who we may or may not ever see into his head ever again, and just seeing him absolutely lose his mind when... Apparently, Marsh just rocks up on his doorstep was pretty interesting. That was mm. just like here's here's someone who sees the world in a completely different fashion to any of our main characters, and just for this brief moment, we see inside his head, and it's like, oh, he's a taxidermist. That's kind of <laughs> interesting. You know, people people have hobbies, whatever. So so that was pretty cool. I, t- I did have to laugh when it's like Wax is making this big deal, and I was like, what is this device I found? That is a phone. <laughs> so the so that, that 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 was amusing, but um yeah like the the wax side like aside from the aside from the death bit I think um the wax stuff was more interesting than the Wayne and Marisai stuff today just the fights that he and Milan were going through in uh in the house and catching up sort of with uh, Uncle Edwan was interesting so yeah that was a that that was that was that was it was a cool set of chapters um I liked the concluding note as well so I'm keen to see where this goes but yeah it's 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 still just a bit all right we're setting things up a bit. Even though we've only got what, like half, two thirds, like one third of a book left. No, it's about half. I think we're at fifty-four, fifty-three percent at the end of these chapters. Okay. But yeah, I like usually these like random side character gets a perspective uh, chapters or like something that gets saved for the end where things are getting crazy and chap and views are like swapping, jumping around really fast. So it's interesting. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of unexpected. Just right in the middle. You're like, okay, here's another guy. Because it, it doesn't seem like, oh, this is the, uh, you know, the villain or whatever of the book that. Unless it is, and in which case, whoo, man. But you know, like about halfway through the last, through the first book, we started seeing inside Miles's head. So like mm. that's when we got there was sort of your tip off. It's like, oh, this character is actually important, but this guy just doesn't seem like it. He's just a, yeah, he's he's not someone who is important to the climax of the book. We're not in the climax yet, so it's just randomly say, like, yeah, we just want to see the, like this guy and have some fun with that while we're doing this little interlude. Would it count as a secret bad guy if it was? Already a bad guy, more or less, that we've met, and then later he turns out to be a more important bad guy than we thought. There you go, for a real dog is the mastermind thing here. <laughs> now we've already got our sacred bad guy for this book. Oh, you're there. Yeah, okay. So it took me a second. I was like, wait, wait, what? <laughs> fair enough. Fair I'm enough. Copy. Okay. I've gotten the secret bad guy. 
prediction. <laughs> Who's Dax's secret bad guy? Dax's secret bad guy is is the sister. Sister. Oh, that's right. Uh, yeah, I really like these chapters as well. I thought there was a lot going on. There was no real, like, stagnant moments in there. I I thought there was something happening really all the time. I'm glad we kind of picked back up at the graveyard. The stuff with the speed bubbles again, I'm glad we're getting to use those a little bit more. But, yeah, I agree. The, the like, Wax and Steris and Melan things this chapter were really fun. And I'm glad that we got to sort of jump between them in quite rapid succession as well. Mm. <laughs> the, the phone bit was hilarious. <laughs> so you're prepared to make your dramatic entrance if no one can see you. <laughs> <laughs> Except Calisina, but that doesn't, doesn't really matter. Yeah, I guess a kind of dramatic end to our, our part of the book, but I thought Wayne had some good lines in here. Yeah, lots of fun, lots going on. Uh, yeah, probably, I would say this is probably among my favourite set of the chapters for the book, just in mm. the thing and I think it wasn't real stop start or like oh what's going on here I thought there was enough to sort of progress the story you know I'm I'm really glad we got more Wax and Steris I just I could read a whole book about Wax and Steris honestly in their relationship but you know that he's sort of you know starting to feel for her which is really nice I think she deserves a happy relationship not just an arranged marriage so right yeah you pointed out that we get to the end of part two here which I'd kind of forgotten that like so it worked out nicely that last time we had the, the nice cliffhanger and this time we end on a natural stopping point in the book i guess we don't always get that uh, that luxury no that's right that's right so it's yeah it's a very good stopping place i i yeah i reckon you plan this out data i think just take it <laughs> no no I, yeah that that's given me more credit than i deserve it just worked <laughs> out nicely so it's all good <laughs> Uh, but there's yeah there's the the phone that you both mentioned is just so funny that he's like this he's he's so amazed by this thing and we're like well yeah i mean duh they're in a world that they're clearly talking about you know rockets and spaceships and and things like that and it's like what what is this what is this box <laughs> like it's kind of the equivalent of my mum talking about the facebook you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah that level of tech <laughs> I, lo- I do love that uh, trope in storytelling where, like, yeah, people confronted with, like, futuristic tech and they're just, like, so incredibly amazed by it and and um, and just, like, that is an everyday thing. It's like, wow, we're just really taking this for granted when, like, someone not that long ago would just be astounded by the wizardry we have in our, at our fingertips. Yep. And I remember seeing a, a post to, like, some time traveler from the 11th century. I was telling Jamie about this the other day uh, who comes forward just to, like, present day and is just, like, absolutely gobsmacked like oh my god look at all the like salt you have on your table you must be very wealthy indeed (laughs) it would be funny if that was the biggest reaction like cars planes whatever salt oh my god yeah you guys Uh, are loaded (laughs) it's like a telegraph but for your voice so okay i guess let's get into these chapters this. We come. <laughs> you say, I guess let's do this. It's like that's literally what we're here to do. Yep, that's why we're here. That's what we do. <laughs> like Jamie said, we come right back into the graveyard where uh, gunshots are happening, bullets are flying. Wayne has been shot like four times, and he's healing from that while eating his sandwich. He's got a speed bubble up, so everything's going slow. And apparently, uh, these guys. Didn't really care about Deschamps very much because they filled him full of holes at the same time. Sorry. I mean, that guy was never going to be a main player. (laughs) 
Yeah, no. He was fun, though. So Wayne noticed that something was wrong because the cricket, the crickets stopped when these guys showed up. So very, very perceptive. I'm impressed. I mean, it didn't stop him from getting shot four times, but still. No, we do give Wayne like a lot of a lot of grief for his personality failings, but he's very skilled. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's good at what he does. Very good at what he does. Yeah. It's just sometimes what he does includes stealing stuff from people that he shouldn't be. It's like, it's like things like he's uh, he's an excellent he's an excellent guy to have on your team in the middle of a fight. Mm, like, and sure. I think in, and I think if like if he's your friend in a fight, he will be the most loyal person. It's in his downtime he's just a total ass. <laughs> and I I like the conversation. Marisai goes plan, and he says not dying. She's like more detailed than that, and he goes not dying today. Which yes, that's very Wayne. Uh, he's planning whatever. So. He says we got to get close because he's a close-up fighter, clearly. And Mary says, like, that, that's going to be tough. I think they're scared of you. And Wayne's like, wait, really? You think so? And she's like, I mean, yeah, they're shooting so many bullets at us. They didn't even wait for their buddy to get out of the way. And he's very pleased about this. Like, how about that? I got me a reputation. But it's not just him being all full of himself. This has led him to conclusions because what they decide is he's going to – there's another open grave. He's going to move over to the edge of this grave, try to open a – create another bubble which they nicely answer some of the questions that i think we've had and never gotten a definitive answer for here where it's like wayne can't leave the bubble we knew he couldn't move the bubble but he can't leave the bubble without the bubble collapsing which i'm pretty sure we've asked about and did not know before but so he moves over there he drops the bubble moves over opens a new speed bubble that includes the next grave over and just as he does marisai looks up and there's a stick of dynamite Falling through the air right at them. So apparently he when when he realized how scared they were of him, he was like, man, if they came prepared and he was expecting exactly this sort of thing. I love it. It's like, hmm, yeah, they know I'm here. What would they do? Dynamite. Yep. They're going to blow us up. Ah, I see you've brought dynamite to a gunfight. (laughs) (laughs) And so, yeah, they sneak over to the other grave in the speed bubble and there's enough mist and they're low enough that they're not necessarily going to get noticed. Dynamite blows up in their original grave, and the people come over to make sure that they're dead. And that's when Wayne leaves Marisai in the second grave to go out and fight the guys, who he uh, very colorfully informs her that, yes, he should be able to take them all out on his own. And I like that it says Marisai has been growing accustomed to the sound of wood on a man's skull, but it still makes her wince. Yeah, he, he takes out all of the bad guys, comes over, holds his hand down to her. And when she reaches up to take his help getting out of the grave, he goes, actually, I was I wanted you to hand me my hat. Which, if, if, if everyone will remember, is Wax's hat that Wayne traded him a rat for and then cut a big hole in. Yeah. So we cut back to Wax and Steris and the steward's like, you know, we're going to send for your carriage. We're sorry about your the unfortunate occasion of your lady's distress. And everyone's worried that she might have eaten something that uh, is going to make all the other guests sick. And she, they're like, no, no, she just had drinks. It's all good. <laughs> oh, I told you we shouldn't have served oysters. <laughs> and meanwhile, they can hear the guy giving a speech over in the ballroom. And so they're like, you guys can leave. We'll just hang out. Uh, wait here until, the, you know, she can. She feels well enough to leave. <laughs> like We talked about last time how Steris, like did not hesitate at all to down this stuff. And now she's like, that was a tad hasty on my part, wasn't it? <laughs> Maybe a little bit, yeah. Yeah, but, you know, it seemed to work. Go with your gut. Right? And so Wax is like, okay, I'm going to go try to follow Kelsina, see what's going on. And they have a little discussion about, you know, Wax is so determined to find his sister, even though he hasn't seen her in decades. And he's just like, he feels guilty about 
leaving and not coming back, not talking to her for all those years, basically. He was being really selfish in that way. He's like, I gotta, I'm going to make it right. And they have a discussion about, uh, you know, he tells her to wait here. And she's like, no, don't you remember what I said? And he's like, dude, the safest place is not near me. Like, you need to reevaluate that thought. <laughs> he he makes a good point that it's like, we may need to get out of here quickly. There won't be time to come back. For, or she's making this point. There won't be time for you for you to come back for me. Meanwhile, you can hear the uh, the guy who was mayor of Bilming, as they previously t- uh, told us, making this speech about the people in Ellendale and their tyranny. We won't stand for this stuff. This aggression will not stand. <laughs> exactly. And then as they uh, like she convinces him to take her, she's got some good arguments and he gives in. And so they're walking through the house. And I like that they've got one of these waterfalls like running through the house. And she's Sheriff's just like, will not let it go. No. Well, I, I think she's got some good points. She's just like, why would oh, she, she absolutely do that? does. That must be terrible for the wood. Why? <laughs> like Wax is having these introspective moments like Harmony's watching. Oh, we're going, we're going to a fight. And she's just like, fucking river in the house. What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like he's sitting here thinking, Harmony, the impotent, Harmony, the meaningless. And she's just still going like, is that even sanitary? Like, why would you do that? <laughs> Everyone loves a good water feature. They don't stop and think it through. So, so this this makes me think, and like this may or may not be a predicament. This might just be like a, a dumb, but like I imagine like towards the end of the book, it's like Wayne will probably just maybe he's more accepting of their relationship, and like they they decide to get married. It's like all right, here's your wedding present: a giant fucking water feature for the house that runs <laughs> through the whole thing. And Sarah's be like, I fucking hate you. I mean, especially when he ruined their first attempt at a wedding with water. Yep. Oh, what? yeah. <laughs> Completely forgot about that. It all fits. Oh, my gosh. Water is the secret villain of this entire <laughs> story. No, it's just Steris's, um arch enemy. I mean, she got thrown in a river before. Oh, that's true. Yep. So, yes, Steris, <laughs> Steris is arch enemy. I like it. <laughs> Wax has people like Ape, Ape Manton, and Steris has, like, water. <laughs> Steris is a firebender. Mm, yep, there you go. Steris just hasn't been able to predict anything involving water, so that's what she's like. Yeah, it's so unpredictable, that water. <laughs> she's following around the local weatherman harassing the shit out of him. like, is it gonna rain or fucking not? <laughs> I wonder if they have people doing weather forecasting in this world. Hmm. I mean, they've got scientists, that, like, I assume they've got meteorolog- meteorological studies yeah. going on. Uh, and so Wax is going to he's he's going to take some coins with him to, you know, kill people with. And she's like, oh, you want something something more substantial? And it turns out that she has taped a gun to her inner thigh. And uh, she, I, I like the part where she's like, I tried a shotgun at first. You should have seen me try and walk with that thing. <laughs> and Wax is just impressed by he's like, it looks like she's used about seven rolls of tape to strap this gun down. And she's like, I kept imagining it falling out and firing in the middle of a dance. <laughs> I don't know if they even got to dance. Wax did, because he danced with Chris. Well, he danced. I, I meant the, the two of them together. Oh, yeah. And there's a comment where he's like, if this was a play, this is where someone would walk in on us. And she's like, what kind of theater are you going to? <laughs> uh, it's, it, it's a very cute couple moment. I like it. Yep. And so we cut back to the graveyard. Cops have shown up. Everything's, uh, you know, a piece of dynamite went off. So half the city heard about it. Everyone, Everyone's here now. And, uh. While Marisai has been dealing with them, Wayne has been searching the gravedigger's shack. Oh, hold on, you got to back up. Like the scene opens and he's snapping the legs off a chair, and Marisai's like, "Is that necessary?" He's like, "No, no, it's fun though. It's fun though." Yeah. <laughs> like, all right, I'll give you that one. Things could be hidden in the chair leg. You don't know. 
I guess it depends on how thick the chair leg is, really. Yeah, yeah. And so the guys that they've caught, they don't know anything. They were just hired muscle. The ones who hired them mentioned Wayne's name, which turned out to be a mistake. And he goes, I'm famous. Uh, no metal in the grave, so the spike is no longer there if it ever was. Which makes sense, because apparently somebody paid this guy off to say if someone came looking. So whoever did that probably took whatever it was. And finally, Wayne kicks a hole in the floor and finds a secret compartment with booze stashed in it. And Mary says, that, that's all. That's re- it, really? And he's like, what are you talking about? It's great. A fellow likes to hide his booze well. <laughs> he's like, we came here to rob graves. Didn't get a chance to do that, so I'm stealing the dead guy's booze. is the next best thing. And she's frustrated because they didn't find anything useful. And he's like, oh, well, I mean, there might be something in that account book over there that I found in the false bottom in the drawer. That was the first place I looked. But See, this is one of those things where it's like, Wayne, you're very skilled. You're very good at what you do. You're a dickhead because you didn't tell anyone that you'd found it. Far out. <laughs> but then he, had, he acts smug about finding it as well. It's like, oh, yeah, I found that first. <laughs> like, yeah, okay, you know what you're doing here, idiot. It is funny that they hid the alcohol more thoroughly than the illegal stuff. I guess they proof that they're fairly low down the uh, villainous hierarchy in what they had. Wayne thinks their priorities are good. So, you know, there's that. Yes, but Wayne's own priorities are shit. (laughs) Yep. And so this is a ledger that records not just like Deschamps stuff, but everybody who works here, all the illegal stuff goes into this ledger so the boss can keep track. And there's a note about that one plot that's like, if anyone comes looking to investigate this, send to me immediately. And so that's she's like, OK, we got another stop to make. And here we go with another broadsheet page. Let me try to bring this up on my phone where I can actually see it halfway decently. It's really just additional pieces of stuff, mostly additional pieces of stuff we've already seen. But there's some interesting little. There's one I was particularly interested in in the middle of the page. Which one? The the play? No, the talking metal. Yes. Oh, yep. Yep. OK. Do, do your metal tools speak to you? And I love the little illustration with a hammer saying hello. <laughs> your neighbors probably don't want to hear about it, but we do. Visit here. Ask for K or N and bring the talking metal with you. <laughs> so general thinking in the fandom is that K or N probably means Chris or Naz and that this is an ad that they place. Uh. But specifically talking metal as in yeah. their without hemology like they said your tools talking to you but there's there's like there's that which i don't think you can hear the metal talking to you but if you were to be spiked with metal and you'd hear the voice that would be something but surely they know about hemology but if you were spiked at this point you just hear harmony's voice so yeah so how would your metal be talking to you yeah my only other thinking was is it something to do with this object this cube that they found Mm. It's also a thought. It's true. Could uh, maybe the cube talks. We just don't know it yet. I'm just waiting for it to go. Hello. Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> a little help. A little help. <laughs> I can't see from down here. I can't. Uh, I was expecting like a little British accent, but Zoidberg's is funnier. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If, if a piece of, if a tool showed up, like if, if a wrench shows up that talks in Zoidberg's voice, that would be, uh, that would be something. Don't feel bad, Wax. You may have lost your sister, but you still have Zoid Cube. You all still have Zoid Cube. I turn on you like that. Oh gosh. I, in, in, I got an idea. I don't from somebody else online. Like for when I was figuring out how to run uh, this D and D game that I'm 
doing this like the first campaign big thing that i've ever tried to you know dm and Ooh. i got an idea from somebody somewhere i don't remember who online about uh <clears throat> like there's this there's a there's a thing called a weapon of warning where it's like the sword or whatever weapon it is can talk to you and tell you when somebody's about to a surprise attack you so you can never be surprised but so the, it all the, idea, body sense. the idea was that it's like a defective one so it's either it, it's dumb and ignores things for certain reasons but it's it's also at the same time like way oversensitive to things where it's like watch out oh my gosh there's a step there you almost you have no idea you could have died going down like if you tripped on that pay attention oh god so it's just uh i'm i've got all sorts of hilarious ideas for uh, how that's gonna play in and annoy the crap out of people it's gonna be fun <laughs> so that's that's I, all that to say that's the first thing i thought of when it was like does your do your does your metal tool speak to you that sword's gonna get sold you realize <laughs> yeah <laughs> Uh, okay, we also have Drink to the Health of Ellendale, which that's all that we saw before, and so it sounds positive until you read the article where it's like, drink this whiskey that's never sold in Ellendale, it doesn't pass through the lion's den, and they don't tax it, and it tastes all the sweeter because of that. No money has gone to line the tyrant's pockets. Support your local business. Yeah, basically. But, in um, fact, for... no one is wishing Ellendale well or good health in this particular spot. <laughs> nope. Uh, there's a little... Looking for adventure? Basin Bill is looking for you. Hundreds of cities were lost in the final ascension. Magical artifacts, riches, and fame can be yours. I don't know that there's any magical artifacts in any of those cities. I'm just saying. The final empire wasn't a time of a lot of magical artifacts that I recall. Lord Rule of basically just hunting <laughs> them down. But I mean, you know, legends can come from anywhere. Right. And anyway, I like the. Don't, don't shit on the dreams of Basin Bill. He's got a great name. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it is good, right? And it's just recruiting people to go out on adventures. I feel like Basin Bill really should be like a, a plumber. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I like that. Yep. Maybe, you know, this is just something he does in his spare time. Plumbing is his true love. Call him and go, have you been to Lady Kelasina's house? Do you know there's a river here? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I installed it. <laughs> You're responsible for this atrocity? <laughs> But I think the political cartoon is really well done. Like, I like the art on it. I like mm. the lion and the eagle. The lion and the eagle. And the lion looks like he's starving. So he's, like, trying to steal liberty and prosperity and fortune from the outer cities that are represented by the eagle. It's just, it's it's very nicely done. Yeah. And we get a little more on the ghastly gondola. I don't know that we need to go into it now because it's not much more than we got before. It's, like, a couple extra paragraphs. But there's, uh, this is the most interesting story. They keep giving us a little piece of it here and there. And I'm hoping eventually, you know, we'll, we'll get the whole thing. But that was the end of Chapter 14. Into Chapter 15, we get the perspective of Templeton Fig, who right collects and stuffs albino animals. See, this, is the, this is the name of a guy you expect to be played by, like, Timothy Spall or someone. <laughs> it makes me think of, of uh, the rat from Charlotte's Web, because his name is Templeton. Oh, uh, yeah. Fuck, that's a deep cut. Right? Yeah. Um... <laughs> But yes, he's got it's just, it's a weird collection. He's got his his most prized the the white crow and the note that it's like oh yeah people are always trying to like sell him fake bleached white animals and you can spot a fake easily at this point. I mean I, like, I I'm not really into you know the whole taxidermy thing. It, it gives me the heebie-jeebies a little bit. But that does sound like a pretty incredible collection to have a whole bunch of like albino animals like. Not that it's my thing, but it sounds like you <laughs> work really hard at, at pulling that together. Right. Like, if that so, was yeah. your 
then that could be quite impressive. Yeah, he's 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 committed and he knows what he's about. Yeah, you know, it's it, 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 there's worse things you could be collecting. You're not hurting anybody. I mean, if, if that's what you like, you do your thing, man. I mean, he is hurting some people because you know he's a criminal and stuff, but uh, not with his collection. That's fine. But yes, then, well, he's also a jerk to I guess his wife. Like she's like, hey, when are you coming to bed? And he's like, later. Leave me alone. Leave me alone. I gotta be with my dead animals. My albino squirrel and my suckling pig and okay. I did enjoy a little bit like how this was written though that it's like he's trying to focus on something. He's like, but does it look better there? Like, I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, I <laughs> I feel that in my own. <laughs> doing something you're like hang on a minute <laughs> does that look better no, mm, mm, back to my original thought <laughs> also interesting considering like his hobby is taxidermy which is a hobby kind of rooted in death and then the whole yep. premise of this is he gets visited by who he thinks is death and he's apparently you know got his fingers in this whole graveyard business so it's really a whole theme that's happening yep. here he's really, really into dead stuff type yeah. of per- yeah probably <laughs> looking at him as you know future serial killer material yeah. it's dexter I mean, it's fine he he is in on the whole trellish stuff because when he realizes something's going wrong he goes oh trell's body or something yeah he says trell's or thinks trell's soul yeah oh yes yep it's a good point i didn't really pick up on that i mean i saw it but i didn't think about like what it uh could for foretell yeah. there interesting so yeah like if if uh late if uncle edwan is into the trellishness and it, it's really spread down his ranks into even this guy. Yeah. So as he's look as he's looking at his thing, trying to decide where his squirrel looks best, um, the fire just stops moving, and he's like, "Wait, what the the hell?" And then the door bursts open, and the dead gravedigger falls into the room. Which I want to know, like, what did Wayne and Marisai say to the, all the cops hanging around? Be like, "Hey, can we can we borrow that body just for a little bit? Well, I mean, we'll, we'll put it somewhere you can find it. Promise." But we need yeah. to add it to his collection. <laughs> It just must have been a strange conversation. But so that distracts him. And then there's something at his window turns around and there is a rasping voice. And he looks at the window and death is there cloaked in black metal spikes protruding from the cowl of his hood. I'm dead. No, you die when I say, oh, harmony. You're not. See, he says harmony here. So hmm. (laughs) he's just playing, keeping his options open. Yeah. Playing the field. This, like the guy from the mummy. Yeah, this this did have me going for a bit. I'm just like, oh my god, is Marsh actually back? Are we gonna get some? Oh wait, no. Okay. I I was about the same. I was like, oh my god. I was <laughs> like, yeah, finally, active role for him. I was wondering if the freezing flames would like tip you guys off to you know speed bubble happening or whatever, and you'd think that it was Wayne. But the first time I read it, I was just like, what is happening here? I just assumed just like Marsh has all these powers. That's yeah, true. I mean, in in hindsight, you go, mm, okay, yeah, Wayne. And I think when the fire froze, I was like, yeah, that sounds like a speed bubble. And then I was just shocked by being Marsh there. So, yeah. But now, if Marsh is really going to show up and be dramatic, I think the fire would go out, not just mm, freeze. Maybe. Yeah, true. I wonder if Marsh has speed bubble powers, because that wasn't a thing that they did back in, like, the Final Empire days. Like, those, those metals either they hadn't really been discovered or the Lord ruler knew about them and just didn't tell anyone. But I mean, ruin would probably have known and he was controlling Marsh. So I wonder, Hmm. Yeah. You think that they would have used it, but right? he'd also, he, he would have had to find someone back then who was a misting of this metal that there's no way they could ever have used and spiked them to get that power. 
Well, could well, I mean, all right. They could have. What is it? The rules of uh, hemology said if you spiked a misborn, you could mm. get one power from them. So, yep. you, like, if you're taking a misborn, yeah, it's like you might be losing out on some options, but you could steal the power from them. That's a good uh, point, and could be worth it. Yeah, but then of course you need to have a spike of that metal. You need to have. I don't know if. I'd have to go back and look at the hemallergy chart. I don't know if it has to be the metal that you're taking necessarily. I don't know. Okay. Yeah. Anyway. And so he's like, oh, oh God, no, no, please. And uh, Death is like, you have something of mine, a spike. He's like, I'm, oh, I didn't know it was yours. I'm so sorry. We sent it by courier to Dulcing. And he's just begging and pleading. But Wayne's got the info he wants, so he disappears. And uh, Deschamps' corpse, corpse is still lying there. And Templeton just is in a whimpering ball on the floor, basically, when the cops show up a minute later. For a short time later. And so I didn't mention, but it's like he's he demonstrates that it's a spike he's missing by showing he has a spike in one of his arms and there's a bloody hole in the other arm where another spike should be. And so afterwards, Marisol's like, you didn't actually have to cut a hole in your arm. And Wayne's like, uh, yeah, you got to be authentic. Which at this point, it's like there's no point telling Wayne anything. It's like you didn't have to do this because he's going to go, well, y- yes, I did. <laughs> so it's like at this stage, Marisol, just just give up. Method acting at its finest. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And I, I like that he's he's created this uh, this contraption of wires that holds two half spikes in front of his eyes, so it looks like they're sticking through his eyes when he's got the cowl on. It's like those you know, those old old toy headband things that you just put on your head, so it looks like an arrow's yeah. like been shot through your head. Basically that. Right. And Wayne is like, hey, how did, how did my accent sound? You know, I, I'm trying to figure out how death would sound. You know, so I try to go really old and kind of grindy. And Marisol's like, no, actually, he's really articulate and not grindy, and I've never really heard an accent like his before. And Wayne's like, wait, can you do it for me? And she says no, and he's like, well, next time you meet the guy, tell him he's got to come talk to me. I got I to hear what he sounds like. Why? Invite death over for a drink. Yeah, right. You know, just to hang out, have a chat. I don't know if Marsh would like Wayne. I get the feeling Marsh would not like Wayne. <laughs> he, he never really seemed the type to put up with a bunch of shit. I mean, he did had to from his brother to some extent, but he was kind of a serious guy. Yeah, I feel like Kelsier and Wayne would probably get on. Yeah, I can see that. And honestly, I think I think Wayne would get along really well with Ham. Sure. Because like they would just have their conversations and whatnot, and like I, th- I think that would go really well. Marsh, yeah, yeah no. Or Doxon, probably not. Yeah, he'd probably just get drunk with Breeze. So. Yeah, sure. Um. Anyway, uh, he says he needs to know for next time, and she's like. How often do you think you're going to have to imitate death? And Wayne goes, that was the fourth time so far, but you can never tell. And Marisai has heard of Dulcing. It's a little farming settlement. She knows because there was a landmark water rights case there. Oh, Steris is going to be pissed. Yeah, right. Why would the set want it? And Wayne goes, maybe they like their tomatoes real fresh. I know I do. Okay, thanks, dude. I went, that's it. (laughs) Good job. (laughs) And then he chews some gum. And he's like, I've had a good night. Dynamite, a fight, some free brandy, getting to scare the piss out of some guy. So Wayne's enjoyed himself. Thanks for Wayne. That sounds like a pretty good time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so Wax, we cut back to Wax. He's looking through the house, trying to find Kelsina's room. And he starts to hear, well, he can still hear some words from the from the speech. Suffer the rule of a new Lord Ruler. Improper taxation must end, so on and so forth. And so he's like, oh, wow, yeah, it does sound like, you know, there's a conflict coming and that Bilming, the one other major city in the basin, will be leading it. He still doesn't seem all that concerned about it, which concerns me. I'm like, maybe you should have listened to that informant guy when he's like, this is a thing you should be worried about. 
Yeah, this is going to be of vital importance at some point. But then he hears his uncle's voice, and he's like, oh, okay, here's, here's what I'm looking for. And I, I don't know. As soon as and he mentions that his uncle uncle's voice sounds weird, and you know, because we know what this sort of thing is, I don't know if you guys thought of it, but I immediately thought like, oh, he's on like a like a phone or something when I first read, it, or like a speaker of some kind, like he's not actually in there. Radio. Yeah, radio. Exactly. I think, but like, didn't um, like Sazed mentions like you guys should have the radio by now yep. in the last book. But Wax doesn't have that background knowledge, so to him. I hear his voice in there. It yeah, it sounds weird, but he must be in there. And it like I'm just like it never occurred to me that your uncle was going to be in there. Not after you know we heard that his voice sounds strange or whatever. But Wax just never had a doubt. And it's just a really interesting perspective there. And, and especially because everything that he says that his uncle says gives this impression that he's somewhere else. He's like, why have you interrupted me? You know the importance of my work. Then he says a line at some point like, I can't be here. Or something like there's a line that he says in there that's like I'm like I'm too busy to be here. I've got to be somewhere else or something like that, which also makes it sound like he's actually in the room. Yeah, he says something about like I yeah okay I haven't time to hold your hand on this. I need to be off to the second site. Ah uh, okay yeah. But in the same sentence in the same section he's like if he's at your party then you're not doing something right and I don't have time to hold your hand. I need to be off. And I'm like well but you're at the party too if you're in the room right or you're just anyway. Apparently, they've been setting up diversions intentionally to draw wax off. So that includes the uh, the train robbery, apparently. So first, I like Suit's suggestion. It's like, you're not trying hard enough. Kidnap one of his friends and leave a letter supposedly from one of his old enemies. Challenge his wits. Draw him into something. He can't resist a personal grudge. And she's just like, dude, the train robbery didn't work. What about that? Wasted vital resources, important connections I'd spent years cultivating. So I guess she had a relationship with these bandits or something, and uh, she feels that that went to waste because of what happened on the train. So you promised if we attacked while he was on board, he wouldn't be able to resist investigating. So the people sending these guys to attack the train knew Wax was there, but we determined from the way they attacked the train that they didn't realize that Wax was there. So I guess nobody told them, which... You know, maybe mentioning that there was an Alamancer who could uh, probably kill you all would have uh, helped out, but who knows. <laughs> and Suit says recovering the device was worth the risk. And she says, you mean the device that Erich immediately lost? So that makes it sound like they hit the train specifically to get something. Maybe the cube? Because then it says someone immediately lost it, and we know that the cube was lost to Marisai. So I think that's... The most likely interpretation? I don't know. Do you guys have a different thought? I mean, possibly. Like, the was there something There was something else in the safe that they were still going for after they threw a cube around, didn't they? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, so I don't know if there was a couple of devices there. And, yeah, the cube is the main one, but there was other stuff on there that they wanted as well. So it wasn't a total write-off. I don't know. I feel like if they're, if they're looking at something that they are then immediately lost, the cube to me was the definitely the front runner of, of the items yeah. and it's also then something that we know our protagonists have mm-hmm. so I guess that's that's good they know they've got something they want it's either something to bargain for later or time to start digging into what that cube actually is mm, good point yeah but uh, there's also the, the conductor said that they were setting up some kind of device and then wax got there he was like oh the device was just a, a bunch of dynamite and I don't know, Joe or somebody made, it's like, oh, the guy didn't even know. He's like, oh, some device, and it was a thing of dynamite. And I was like, or wait, was the dynamite the device that 
was being talked about now that we know there's some other device. And Kelasina says that guy shouldn't that one. Well, I, she's, I guess she's referring to Irich shouldn't be trusted with important missions. He's too eager. You should have let me recover the item. And Edward's like, oh, I know my nephew. He's probably still itching to go chase those bandits. If he's at your party instead, then you aren't doing your duty properly. And I don't have time to hold your hand. I have to be off to the second site. And so Wax is like, so the train was a distraction. And how many other things, like my uncle really does know me too well. How many of the other things that I've chased down have been plants or intentional distractions? Is 8 Manton even really in New Saran? Probably not. And it like, well, suits like, okay, well, you have the opportunity to get the device now. I don't know what you're complaining about, really. And she's like, well, it wasn't in the things he checked at the party. Did you really think that he was going to check some mystery device at your party? But they have a staff on the hotel, or a spy, rather, on the hotel staff. So they're going to search his rooms. And this is where Wax is like, why does his voice sound so much smaller than Kelasina's? And I, that's that's probably where it hits for me, where I'm like, oh, duh, that's what's happening here. He's on like a radio. Yeah. And then the the most interesting piece about the device is that uh, Suit is like, find it. It's only a matter of time before they accidentally use Alamancy near it. So I was like, oh, OK, now we've got some info. And then she gives us some other information about the state of things where – I've been like, you should be worried about this civil war. And she's like, hey, this guy's going to have the entire basin ready for a war, completely ignoring the fact that Elendil has this outmanned and outgunned. And I was like, oh, they do? OK, well, that puts it in a different light. Yeah. Which we found out, I don't remember if it was earlier in this book or in the previous book, about like how that town Bilming built all these new like battleships. And the people from Elendil were all sarcastically like, oh, what are you going to do with those? There's nobody for us to fight. And so I thought that that might indicate that they were more powerful, but she seems to think that Elendil still has them outgunned. Well, I guess if Elendil just has the sheer weight of numbers and industry. Mm, yeah, it's true. And then it turns out that uh, she presented the Chondra spike to suit and said that the Chondra was dead. And uh, now she's like, oh, that shapeshifter must have told him, oh, you let it escape? And she's like, you said it had been destroyed. And she's like, oh, yeah, we might have assumed too quickly. So now he's a little bit pissed off at her. <laughs> and so then as he's getting prepared to go in, there's a knock at the door and it is the steward who's like he was sent word that the uh, Burl, who was watching for Alamancers at the party, sent some metals in this direction being used. And Edward's like, where's Wax? And the steward says, well, his fiance got sick, so he took him to a guest room. And where is he now? And so Wax can't pass up that an opportunity like that. <laughs> he just drops in and he's like, he's right here. Very dramatic. Yep. There's, there's the Kelsey moment. Yep. Except he's a bit disappointed because while well, everyone's gasping and shocked, Uncle Edward is not in the room. There's just a little box on the table. And he's like, ah, <laughs> good to hear you. I hope you're in. I, I presume your entrance was properly dramatic. Uh, I love that line. I thought that was really cool. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yes, I know you. As, as much as, uh, you know, Uncle Edward is a bad guy and... He's like just so stuck up and full of himself. I love how sassy he can be both here and in the previous book where Wax has the conversation in the carriage with him. It's just he's kind of fun. Yeah. And I like he's even like, so how is Lady Harms? I hope her ailment was not too distressing. Like he's so so he's just like, yeah, let's have a little chat. It's all good. And even he's like, so, yeah, there was somebody killed on that train. Right. Did you look into that? And Wax says, you're trying to distract me. He's like, I am. But that doesn't also doesn't mean I'm lying. I found telling you the truth is a better method in general. I do, into- I do love that. I do love that little thing. It's like, you're trying to distract me. Well, yeah, but that doesn't mean what I'm telling you is untrue. Uh-huh. 
I'm just that like, much yeah. of an asshole. Absolutely trying to distract you. But if you look into the dead guy, you're going to be impressed by what you find. So, yeah, that's a very, uh, you know, he's dangling an interesting piece of information there. I want to know about this dead guy now. Wax <laughs> is like, no, I got to stay focused. But I don't want to stay focused. I want to know. <laughs> and so Suit says he's away on matters of great import. I offer up Lady Kelisina as a measure of my condolences. And so he's like, I'm Sue's like, I'm afraid I'm gonna have to do something drastic, something that will divert you for sure. What are you going to do? It's not what I'm going to do, nephew. It's what I'm doing. And so he something smashes into him and he looks up and the steward has grown to incredible strength and size. She is a ferrochemist, a brute, and he holds up his gun at her and she smacks it out of his hand and hurts his wrist. And then she picks up the gun and shoots Kelasina with it. And then in the doorway, there's a maid. And she's like, Lord Ladrian killed our lady and starts running down the hall screaming about how Wax has murdered Kelsina, despite uh, clearly having seen what ha- actually happened. So Suit has uh, more than one person yep. working for him on Kelsina's staff. All in on it. Oh, this is one of those like those moments where, you know, the bad guy says, oh, we have people everywhere. And then like all the people in the room just turn around and point their guns at the hero. And it's like, oh, shit, you really do have all of them. I just like that this was such a known plan. Like, he didn't even have to, uh, as far as we know, give a code word or anything. He was just like, oh, yeah, Wax, sorry, I'm going to have to do something something serious. And the steward's like, oh, yeah, okay, so I need to kill her. Got it. Well, I, I assume it was like, a, I, you go. Oh, I was just going to say, they've done a sterile level of planning. It's like, okay, mm-hmm. if I say the word serious, this is the action. If I say dire, this is the action. They're <laughs> just very smart. I assumed it was like, I offer up Lady Kelsina as a measure of my condolences. Oh, uh, well, yeah. guess we're killing her, guys. Let's go. Good point. He did say that. And I think my favorite bit is when uh, Wax is like, you bastard, towards the box. And his uncle knows exactly who he's talking to. He's like, no, no, that's patently false, Wax. You have a clear understanding of my parentage. <laughs> and then he's like, better be careful, nephew. I've told them to kill you if they can. And Wax is just like, I want this box. We're going to investigate what this box is. He's very determined to take it with him. And so he tries to escape. He's running down the hall. There's some guys with aluminum weapons, which uh, he's like, oh, this is one of Suit's kill squads. He's always giving them aluminum guns, damn it. And so he's trying to escape, running through the various hallways. Here comes that terrorist woman again. He slammed a door into her as he was escaping and broke her nose, and now she's kind of pissed off about it. And here's when Maylon shows up, and she's like, you did start without me. <laughs> this is not the time. And the terrorist woman, you know, with her super strength, comes up and punches Malon and shatters her hand. The thumb ripped almost free, which that's a picture that I don't necessarily need. Yeah. And Ma- yeah. And Malon reveals that she is has a metal skull. And she's like, ah, be careful what you punch. And then she rips her forearm off and has a blade and shoves it through this terrorist woman's chest. And she's just like, man, I love this body. This is pretty cinematic. That's like when she ripped her arm off to have a blade there. I was like, holy cow, that's very cool. It is very cool and very disturbing at the same time, which is right. the Condra all very around. Cool. <laughs> it's like that, that lunatic from the Shang-Chi movie, Razor Fist. Oh, yeah. That guy's messed up. Yeah. I mean, yeah. He's always been one of those people in the comics who's like, how, how is this guy a thing? How does he bend his <laughs> arms or whatever? How does he go to the bathroom? At least in the comics, he's got two blades instead of one. So Malon didn't make that mistake. I, I was watching, I think it was one of the uh, the pitch meeting things where and for uh, for Wolverine, X-Men Origins Wolverine, 
where it talks about how like after they you know do whatever they do to Deadpool for the big fight at the end of the movie, he's got like these big swords that come out of his arms. Oh, that's guy, right. Yeah. And the guy's like, but how does he bend his arms when the swords are like in? And uh, the the bitch person's like, hey, shut up. It's like, yeah. I'm not going to answer that question. It doesn't have to make sense. But it turns out that her entire skeleton is made of aluminum, which, geez, that's expensive. So that, yeah, it's got to the point. Anytime anyone mentions anything aluminum in these books, I'm just like, how do you afford that? Yep. She says she's had some centuries to save up, so it's all good. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. So, um, was it like, you know, Fry checks his bank account after a thousand years, and the like, he had like a few bucks in it, but the interest has made him a millionaire. Yep. And so I like, I think that this is also a very cinematic moment where it's like, Wax, these guys are coming. Wax flips around the corner, grabs the guy's gun, and puts a coin on his chest so he can push the guy into the other guys, flips the gun over in the air, and then shoots all four of them with four quick shots. And the first bullet pulls to the left slightly, so that allows him to adjust for the next three shots. And Malon, he comments on Melon and how she just ripped her arm off. He's like, no, it goes right back on, see? <laughs> and then, uh, so they're going to escape, and he's she offers to recover the guns that he checked. He's like, can you actually? That would be awesome. Okay. And he finds in the terrorist woman's hand a bracelet that looks, you know, like a metal mind. It's a very heavily invested metal mind, in fact. And he's like, was Kelsey a terrorist? And Malon's like, how the fuck would I know? <laughs> so they're going to get out of here. And he, he goes and finds Steris, who crawls out of a shrub. And she's like, how'd it go? And he's like, I, I think I accidentally let them implicate us in Lady Kelsey's murder. And Steris' response is, bother. <laughs> but as oh, we find bother. out later... This was page 17 of the book that she gave Aunt Jen. It's like framed for murder. So she's like, look there. That'll tell you what to do. Like, I already gave you instructions for the situation. <laughs> so, yeah, the, re the rest is really just mopping up. Although there is a great moment where Wax pushes them up above the clouds. And Steris is always like the flying through the air thing. And she's just like, when you're up above the clouds and you can see the night sky, it's just so beautiful. And he starts having like feelings looking at her. And kisses her, and it's a very, very sweet moment. I, I like it a lot. Yeah, that was nice. It is. I also like the the name they've given for the the area above the mists is the Ascendance Field. I thought, ooh, mm. ooh, I like that. That's really cool. That is. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, they get back to the hotel where Wayne and Marisai are hanging out, and Wayne says, "How's it go? How'd it go?" And Wax says, "Eh," and immediately goes to pack. And Wayne's like, "Oh, yeah, we're leaving, guys. Come on." They kind of exchange uh, what they found, and Wax has to admit that Wayne and Marisai got the better part of the better information, so he gives him some money. Can I bring these peanuts when we go? And I like, Steris is already packed, and Wayne's like, you got that from me, didn't you? <laughs> Being packed. You could never have thought of something like that on your own. It's like, what are you going to trade me for it then? Got to have something good to trade when you take stuff. Another idea seems worthy. <laughs> yeah. How about you shut up? There's an idea. <laughs> But yeah, my favorite section is like uh, as they're leaving, she's like, frame for murder. It's page 17 of the list. <laughs> Don't let them harass our servants too much. And so yeah, then fuck we, the servants. They've left town and Wax is thinking about uh, Harmony and he's still very bitter there. And him and Malon have a discussion about what they need to do because Wax is like, look, word gets out that I killed this nobleman at her party. It's just going it, to it, that could be the thing that starts a war. And I might be able to prevent it if I can get home and explain what happened and we can get out ahead of this. And so he's like, I need to go back. But at the same time, he doesn't want to go back. He wants to go after his uncle. But that's exactly why his uncle did what he did, because, like, it's Wax's responsibility at this point to go back and protect people from a war by trying to get ahead of this thing and stop it before it starts. 
And like, it's like the police didn't chase them out of town. They realized they didn't have the resources to hunt someone like Waxillium Dawnshot, which, yeah, okay, a little full of yourself, but fine. <laughs> and so he makes his decision and he goes, no, we're going to Dulcing. We're not going back. And Malin's like, I see you found a different perspective based on their conversation earlier. And he's like, not yet, but let's see if Harmony dares to give me one. That's very dramatic and to part two there. I liked it. Yep. I I think for everyone, if uh, if Joe does send his his thoughts uh, about the chapters, I will put them in here. Brief pause to allow for that. Otherwise, Insert what dialogue? <laughs> I just wrote some notes here, so I'm just kind of kind of go over those notes. So chapter 14, the 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 start was really exciting. The gun shooting, Wayne being hit, he heals. Wayne beats them. He's they use kind of an interesting thing to do that. I was a little shocked that they killed Deschamps, honestly, but I guess the way they talk about it, it kind of makes sense. And then, uh, of course, we go back to Wax and Steris. After Steris threw up, Wax is angry at Harmony. I think I, I think I wrote that down several times in my notes because they make several mentions of it. Calls Harmony some bad names to himself. Steris provides a secretly concealed gun for Wax to use, which I thought was great. Such a great um, moment between them that kind of culminates later in the chapters with with basically her helping him out with all this stuff. It's really, really cool to see. Wayne and Marisai, they had hired goons after them. That's who was trying to kill them. And they find a ledger of the grave robbing information and that there's a boss to find in the graveyard. So that's the end of that chapter. Uh, it was a fun chapter overall for sure. And so then we go on to chapter 15. We've got this guy Templeton Fig. And I really like <laughs> that it's just this one. And I mean, maybe he does come back, but I really like that it's just this one chapter from his, or one part of this chapter from his perspective. Uh, we find out that he runs the graveyard and he mentions Trell. So I assume he's a follower of Trell to some extent. And Mar- Mar- the, I love this Marisai and Way using uh, Marisai and Wayne using Iron Eyes to uh, get information out of him, and then they put the constables onto him. Really clever, really fun. The fact that Wayne says he's he's imitated death several times also really great. But they find out some great information that the spike was sent to Dulcing, which is which is cool. Um, and then. We find out that Set has been making distractions. We're back to Wax. That he's been making distractions to keep Wax occupied and off of his trail. And then uh, Wax may unknowingly have the device being that they were trying to steal on the train, which Wax believes to be the cube. I'm not so sure. I don't really know what device it could be, but apparently using Alamancy on it or near it will reveal that. So. And then Suit, turns out he does already have the spike that they're looking for, and he might be in Dulcing, but it sounds like he's about to leave, so they may miss out on him, even though I believe that's where they're headed at the end of the chapter. So Wax confronts them in the next chapter. The steward shoots Kelesina and frames Wax for her murder. Very fun, interesting, fast-paced part of the book. I really uh, am enjoying kind of the twists and turns that we're taking so far. He finds the metal mine that the that uh, was on Kelesina that the steward stole after the fight. Most likely, uh, I, I, if I had to guess, I would say that this is a metal mine that could be of use to anyone, not just her, because I don't know that she was Terrace. And then, yeah, the, the kind of nice moments that we've had between Terrace and Wax so far kind of culminate in a kiss uh, while they're getting away, and that's that's just a really nice moment, I feel like. Uh, we've been, I think, feel like we've been kind of wanting something like that to happen, so it was nice to kind of get that moment. Um, in the book, I really, I really thought that was good. It was, I, I would say it was earned, you know, it wasn't forced or something that, um, we, we were like, Oh, where did that come from? I feel like it really was earned. It was an earned moment for sure that culminated over, you know, not even just one book, several books. So it was nice. It was a nice moment. 
And then we flash to Wayne reading a book. And this was this was probably the most interesting thing to me in the whole chapter. He talks about the book and about how it's about like seven convicts and they fly off to a planet and try to get treasure and stuff like that. And I and I thought to myself, you know, this is so interesting. He found this book. Could it be some book about a story that actually occurred in the greater Cosmere? That was my little little wild theory for this week. I wonder if like that is something that like that book has to come back, right? That'd be so cool if it was just kind of a throwaway line and then it comes back. So I'd be interested to know if in fact that that book is something more than what it appeared. Let's see. Uh, Steris prepared for the murder framing when they leave when they leave uh, the hotel they were staying in or the lady's house they were staying in. I loved that moment. That was so funny. It was just awesome, really. That's the note I wrote. I wrote awesome. And then here again, I wrote Wax Hates Harmony. But you know, this is something that I kind of want to talk about more in depth. Hopefully we talk about it in another episode since I wasn't there to talk with everyone else about it. But it's like there's a lot of, a lot of negative feelings towards Harmony in this moment. And I think we we touched on this a little bit before, but it's like, you know, Wax has all these negative feelings. It's okay for him to hate Harmony. Like, it's okay. And I think the another big thing is, like, Harmony can take it. Like, Harmony can handle Wax being upset with him and, and hating him for what he did. And it's okay for Wax to hate him. Like, it's not a bad thing, even if, even if Harmony is God in this situation. Like, it's okay to be angry with Harmony. So I, I really like... I really like that they kind of keep bringing us back to this, and I, I assume we're either going to be, this is my long-term predict, predictions, i kind of been just making little predictions throughout this, so. My long-term hope is that they will, that things will come to a head either one way or the other with, with uh, Harmony. Either Wax is going to go back into the fold and kind of get back on good terms with Harmony, or he's going to go the other way, and it's going to be a complete depart. But I think we kind of had our departure at the end of the last book, so I think maybe by the end of this one we'll be back in kind of, uh, not to be too punny, but we'll be back in kind of a harmonious place with Wax and Harmony. So that's my big prediction probably coming out of this. Um, I do also predict that they're going to go to Dulcing, but they're not going to find Suit. Maybe they'll find uh, traces of of the second site or where Suit's headed next, because I do think that maybe when he was talking to Kelisina that he was actually in Dulcing at that moment. But that he'll move on. And so the end of the the end of these parts is that they ride off to Delsing. So um, I'm looking forward to what happens next. This is going to be a departure because you know we were in Ellendale and then we went to New Saran and then we didn't we didn't stay in New Saran long. They kind of got chased out of town by the framing. So um, they're on Suit's tail hopefully, and and I'm excited to see uh, what happens next. But we'll have to we'll have to wait for that until uh, next time. So okay, let's do. Uh, we're pressing close to on our time, so let's do predicaments. What do you guys think? Where are we going for part three? Okay, so this they're really banging on about this war in Ellendale and uh, the war of uh, Ellendale against the other cities, and I'm just like, um, so I'm not sure. Is it like, um, I like they're making it really obvious that Wax has to go back and sort it out, and so his choice to to not go back seems is very dramatic. But like, what if that's like the ultimate misdirect? Is like Suit is making it so obvious that he has to go back, so that Wax is naturally drawn into not going back when that's actually what he should be doing. It's like, I don't know, Suit is play, like has played him so well, and like maybe that's just more of him playing him, but like it gets uh, like so many levels down of like who's playing who at that mm-hmm. stage. Like, you just struggle to wrap your brain around it, so I don't know if that's the case. But I was like, it's still a possibility that this hunt they're going on now to Dulcing is still, in fact, another misdirect of Suit's to keep Wax from where he's meant to be. As for, you know, Wax makes a note that you know, Edwan knows him too well, considering he's barely seen him. So he has to have an in somewhere, and I don't know where. And look, I really hope this isn't the case, but 
really the only one of the, like the people traveling with Wax whose head we don't really see directly into, who doesn't narrate chapters, is Steris. And like, so I really hope like Steris is not an informant for Suit, but I can't really rule it out at this point. That that would be dramatic, a, a big reveal. That would be, especially because like now their relationship is really starting to improve to the point mm. where like that like Wax is starting to find he actually genuinely does love her. But as I said, I don't want it to be the case, but I can't rule it out. Level of secret bad guy that's like <laughs> not what we've hit before. That would make me really sad. Oh yeah, me too. Like I don't know about secret you're not- bad bad guy, but forced informant. Sorry, what were you saying? Yeah, I, I hope you're not right, but uh, just thinking it through quickly, it's possible. Yeah, because, I mean, you think Suit has been manipulating things since before Wax came back to Ellendale, so it's entirely possible when like, when Suit was busy engineering his, you know, making House Lady in a bit impoverished so Wax would have no choice. Maybe he did the same thing to Steris's house. So that they would be in a position where, like, they would be the t- like she would be the best option for him to marry, and then like she he'd have her on the inside. She might be doing it under duress, mm. um, but how many level puppet strings going on? <laughs> yeah, that's a lot of a lot of foresight. Seriously, Patrick... like, like suggesting pre kidnapping. Yeah. Oh yeah, because she did get kidnapped. That's yeah. But, yeah. After after his first wife turned evil or whatever, that would be a whole new level of like beating on wax. That would suck. Oh yeah, but as I said, I don't want any of this to be, to be the case, <laughs> but it's possible. So that's where my head's gone. Just like, but yeah, like the whole the thing that really set me off on that was Wax's note that like, yeah, suit knows me like way too well for someone I've barely seen in like twenty years. I'm like, so how does he like? It's Either it's this, or Trell has given him some insight powers. And like, mm. when you're really hoping the like the enemy god has empowered um, the bad guy, and that's <laughs> the better option, yeah. So we'll speak of that. So that, that's that's the first thing I had. Um, the other thing is I, I mentioned uh, a while ago that I think they're going to come across the bands of mourning earlier than they think, and they're not going to scrutinize anything too heavily. So. I, I haven't actually mentioned that since we brought that up on that earlier episode, so I'm going to double down on that now and think, okay, I'm not going to not going to say either of these are, in fact, the bands, but it's like let's keep an eye on them in case one of them turns out to be. So the cube could mm-hmm. like the the magical device that does crazy shit out Alamancy. It's like, hey, maybe that's the Lord Ruler's spikes reforged into something else and imbued with some trellish power, maybe or something. I don't know. Like so, the like it could be the cube or it could even be the missing spike they're chasing. It's like, it's actually, everyone's like, oh, yeah, there's like this canter lost his spike. We need to track it down. It's like, maybe that's the misdirect. The spike they're chasing isn't the canters at all. It's oh. the Lord Rulers. That's interesting. Okay. Yeah. So uh, don't have don't have much to go on for either to say it's going to, it's one or the other, or it might be it's something else, little metal, but like, I, I I said I'm going to scrutinize everything they find, <laughs> like small innocuous objects. So I was like, I'm just I'm just going to keep doing that. Yeah, I kind of figured after after we talked about that that the cube would be it's like, oh, here's something mysterious that they found that could potentially turn out to be something crazy. We don't know yet, but I had yeah, the yeah. spike. That was that's an interesting take. Yeah, I, I got caught up in the action on the train and didn't really scrutinize the cube too much at that point. But like, don't worry, I came back to it. <laughs> well, and the story isn't letting us forget about it, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so predicaments. So yeah, I think Dax onto something with the cube being 
something I think we we talked about the bands of mourning being like melted down before this spike. So is a Candra spike it's different to an Inquisitor spike, right? Yeah, I think they they mentioned earlier in this book that it's like they're specially made. You can't just like use an Inquisitor spike for that. Yeah, uh, like are they are they different sizes? Because in my head, I always thought that the Candra spike was much smaller than a, I, an Inquisitor spike. I don't know if we know, but yeah, I agree that in my head, that's also the way I see them. So maybe they said that at some point, and I'm not remembering, but I agree that that's that's what that's how I picture it. Yeah. Okay. So if if that train of thought rings true. Then what we had with uh, death showing up in front of our our um, taxidermy friend, if he's missing a big hemologic spike out of his arm and he's like, no, no, no I sent it away, we're like, that would look very different to a missing mm, Yeah. So whether, I don't know whether our, our Kandra had also located the spike because then you've got Mr. Suit talking about, you know, you presented the spike and said the other one was destroyed. Well, clearly he's running around with one spike because he's not making sense. But it it piqued my interest in that this guy has said, no, no, we shipped this off. And that to me is an Inquisitor spike, not not a Candra spike. So, I mean, we could be wrong, but that also could be, yeah, I think then Dak would be onto something there with that having been melted down and being something more important. I was thinking to, yeah, that, that the little bit of the story with the tools talking, I, I realised that it might just be an ad and it might not go anywhere, but I was like, is, is there is there some metal that's talking to people out here or someone can hear something? Is there a, a power that we don't know of that you could actually almost get this information out of the metal lines? Like Wax can sense that this band that he picked up of or the off Kelasina, that it's it's heavily invested and that it is a metal mind, but I wonder if there's someone out there who can actually pull out that information. You know, we went through that with Vin in, in the original trilogy that she had tried to burn. I think she tried to burn part of a, a metal mind. Yeah, it's like she says gave her a little metal mind of his, and she tried to burn it, yeah. Yeah, and so she could definitely sort of sense something there but couldn't access it, so... Mm-hmm. The powers are doing all sorts of crazy hinky things at the moment, and they're also trying to get people to uh, test out other other metals to see if there's other powers to be unlocked here. So there's there's definitely something that we're we're missing. We don't have the full picture there, but yeah, this this spike that they're obviously tracking down. I'm sort of so I I'm sort of surprised. I thought that we would have had a few more things, I guess, that have happened that wouldn't tie in necessarily. And I'm kind of surprised at how much appears to be tying in already halfway through the book. I, I just feel like it's kind of all linked up with Mr. Suit coming in at this point in the story and the conversation that transpired there. I was like, oh, my God, we've just openly admitted that we've put wax on this goose chase to deter him. <laughs> he yeah. actually needs to be locating. And I, I think I, I'm I'm surprised it's sort of throwing me for a loop i'm surprised at just how much suit is involved like i definitely knew he was obviously part of the bigger picture but i i don't know i was kind of sort of expecting this other story to be unfolding and that maybe it would tie in later but to have them all kind of tie in now it's thrown me for a bit of a loop but yeah i think Dak's right with the, the cube and the spike in the prediction i definitely agree with that and i think in terms of a me, I don't have long-term prediction really, but in the terms of the immediate future, we're going to have to start digging into this cube pretty quickly mm-hmm. now. 
I have to figure out what's going on with that. I don't know if there's someone that will be able to help them with that, especially now that they, like Wax has overheard that conversation. There's probably a little bit more to go on, but I think we're probably going to start going down that path because Suit doesn't know that they've got it necessarily. They know it's lost, but not necessarily that they have it. He seems to think that Wax has it because he was telling her, Kelsina, to like get it back from him. And Kelsina was looking for it in his stuff. But yeah, yeah. They, they may not know for sure. Yeah. He's not going to bring it with him. <laughs> but you, you well, make it you know, <laughs> we just, Ferris has got a gun, you know, under her dress. That answers why she wore the big poofy ball gown. But it, <laughs> what else has she got strapped to the other leg, maybe? Who knows? <laughs> She's prepared. <That's> true. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you make a good point, especially after how like little Suit was involved in the previous book for us to be halfway through and he just showed up and was like, Oh, yeah, basically everything that's happened so far was me. Like, I was behind yeah. all of the stuff you've read in this book so far. So it... And all this stuff you've read in this book, but Suit goes back now two and a half books. Mm-hmm. So how much other stuff, even though, like, book one, book two, they've kind of been wrapped up with Suit in the background, how much of it is still Suit pulling the strings? And I think mm-hmm. we've kind of got to go back and look at anything that was and I mean, we did this in in the original Mistborn trilogy too. But anything that sort of hasn't been solved, we've still got all these missing women. We're still talking about people being able to possibly breed alamances uh, mm. or things or anything like that. There's a whole bunch of like little mysteries that just have kind of fallen off our radar. That I'm like, oh man, we've got to have a look at all of these and see what comes back. And you know, we know we've got um, Kandra involved and you know who's who's posing as who and all the stuff with like my my mind is just kind of a buzz at the moment with mm-hmm. the possibilities that might might happen so i'm hoping that in the next couple of chapter sets we kind of get a little bit of a direction but it's it's sanderson we're not going to know <laughs> until the end that that last probably six chapters of the book <laughs> right that's when it all fall into place for sure although yeah. this is also we're learning like not the end of this particular. That's true. Yeah. We got one more book after this. We're thinking it's all going to get wrapped up, but who really knows? It could all get wrapped up and something completely new happen or nothing could get wrapped up. There's all sorts of possibilities. Exactly. There's always another secret. (laughs) (laughs) It's so true in these books, isn't it? Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Well, I guess we have a bunch of emails, but we don't have a bunch of time left today. So what I'm going to do, and Joe's also not here. We have one new review, but Joe's not here, so we'll save that for next time. I'm going to read one quick email just to get our list down a little bit, and then we will finish up. Sure. So this email is from The Worst Mailman. It says, new listener with you. Many thoughts to keep to myself. What's up? I've recently discovered your podcast, and I'm super glad that I did. I'm furiously trying to catch up, but I just finished listening to episode 22, which is the third episode of Well of Ascension, and I had enough thoughts that I wanted to write in. Joe absolutely nailing Orsor's identity totally floored me. I actually gasped out loud, dude should be a detective. I'm really looking forward to seeing if y'all ever come around on Spook, but if you don't, (laughs) I'm really looking forward to y'all's reactions to High Imperial in Arrow 2. I don't know if you still read this on the show, but if you do, I'm excited to hear what you all say in a month when I actually get current. Cheers. Oh, enjoy if, the next hundred episodes. So <laughs> yeah, if if we ever come around on Spook, it hasn't happened yet. So, oh, but and there were definitely some reactions to High Imperial as well. So I hope you enjoyed those. That's been a bunch of episodes even since then. So 
Hi from the future, the worst mailman. Your your email made Dak laugh. That's what really matters. <laughs> so, yes, if anyone would like to send us emails, the address is thesanderlanch at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram and Patreon and all sorts of fun places. Anywhere interwebs type things happen. And now I'm turning into Sal from Futurama. It's just adding S to the end of everything. So. <laughs> uh, for next time, we are reading two chapters, chapters 17 and 18, because chapter 17 is quite a long chapter. So if you're following along, those two for next time. No patrons. Uh, like I said, we have one new review, but we'll save that for next time when Joe is here. And two new chapters. Yep, that's it. So thank you, everyone, for listening. We really appreciate it. Music by Music. Miracle Sound. Yeah, music by Miracle of Sound. <laughs> we, we were, yeah, I was, I was getting there. It's okay. Uh, you kept saying, it's like, is that everything? I think that's everything. I'm like, nah, it's not. Honestly, I had forgotten until the moment I started to say it. I was like, all right. But you, 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 you were right on it. So <sighs> It wouldn't be an F Sandalanch if we didn't almost forget to credit. <laughs> it's true. Uh, it Joe, be Joe's not here. Someone had to do it. Yeah. It wouldn't be an episode of Sandalanch if we didn't forget something at some point. Uh, Yes, thank you everybody, and wasing to the time of next. Colo? Steam train running on a reckless rail, speeding rather to the rising gale. Shovel harder because we're on the uptail. London's bloody fire. Uh, pause. Dak says that Jamie removed him from the call. Uh, how do I add you back now, though? Uh, what was what happened? Dak said I removed you from the call. Yeah, that's what he says. How? I don't, I don't know. know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> that's, that's hilarious. I like that it wasn't just the call dropped him. It's like it says like, Jamie removed you. I'll, I'll I'll put the picture. This is the a screen grab. <laughs> So I, I just don't know. <laughs> I love that face. That's amazing. Goodbye, husband. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. Um, I don't know what happened there. Okay. I didn't know you could do that. Right? Yeah, I had no clue. <laughs> and look, I can't even blame. She doesn't have my phone. For once. Um. That, that would also be funny, though, if it's like your child removes you from the call. Uh, she hangs up on people all the time. Oh, I yeah. believe it. Yeah. So does my kids do the same. Yeah. They're like, hey, there's a big red button. I want to push that one. And I'm like, no. Yeah. Why do you make it red? It's the one that gives their attention. <laughs> because <laughs> red is stop. So yeah. stop call. It makes sense. I understand. But if Except they really... in that one alternate universe that Doctor Strange went to. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, okay, okay, let's do this. <laughs>